Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Happy to welcome out into the radio huddle Ryan Roberts, NFL draft analyst and host of the first team. You can check that out on the Believe Podcast Network. Ryan, how you been, man? I'm good, fellas. I'm good. How are you guys? Great. Doing fantastic. Uh, how are things at the NFL Combine? I know you got to be pretty busy in Indy. Uh, it's tiring, man. It's, it's great. It's my favorite week of the year, honestly, <laughs> but it's... Uh, it's a lot of hustle and bustle, a lot of late nights, a lot of content going out right now. So staying busy to say the least. Definitely appreciate you giving us some time. Uh, so far, for I know the sure. quarterbacks were speaking today. Uh, what were your initial impressions? A lot of LSU uh, and Saints fans curious to know about uh, what Jaden Daniels had to say. Yeah, no, I, I thought. Um, I mean, I, I thought overall the quarterbacks handled themselves really well, just in general. It was a you know, it's obviously a big, a big part of this process is, you know, people always want to hyper-focus on athletic testing and all those types of things. But, you know, the interviews and the, the prep these guys get, you know, to be able to answer questions appropriately, I, I think was, you know, is a big part of the equation here. I, for James specifically, I thought he handled himself really good. You know, he, he did a really good balance of answering the questions the right way, but also showing a little bit of his of his flair, a little bit of his personality, which is very important. You know, it, it, it can't just be – you know, the point blank, you know, just straight answer all the time. You, I think as a quarterback, in order to captivate people, you need really need to show your full personality and show the leadership qualities that you have. And everybody around that LSU uh, program that I've spoken with speaks very highly of Jaden, has for the last couple of years now, obviously, of his time since transferred from Arizona State. So I thought he's just continuing the process, man. I, it's unfortunate that he's not going to be working out and throwing until the pro day. But it, as far as the – personality and the leadership qualities i think he certainly showed himself well today in the, in the um, media availability saying a little bit with lsu here ryan i want to talk about malik neighbors because if you look at this draft class the amount of first round receivers that we're going to see come off the board is probably going to be around six seven maybe upwards of eight that's just how good yeah. this class is but if you're looking at the very top of it it's like marvin harrison jr and then malik neighbors and roma dunes are all the guys that are expected to go in the top 10 but when you're yep. looking at Roma Dunze and watching his tape, a lot of people have kind of made the comparison to DeAndre Hopkins. And, you know, Mike Dettelier, who's an NFL draft analyst here, has made the comparison of Marvin Harrison Jr. to like a Larry Fitzgerald. But he said the one guy sure. that's kind of hard to give a comp to is LSU's Malik Neighbors. I just want to get your thoughts on him yeah. as a prospect and what your kind of player comp for him is. Yeah, I mean, he's tremendous. And I think he's, I do think actually he's a very difficult player to comp because he is just a very unique blend of traits you know you kind of see the size right around six foot 200 pounds and you kind of have an assumption about a player when you see the body type right and you kind of see some of the explosiveness that he has that he's probably 
a really quick twitch player, which he is, and he has good long speed, which he does, and he is able to run routes, which he can. But I think the thing that makes him very special and unique is that one of my favorite early impressions of him was, man, this kid really finishes well through contact and winning at the catch point and winning above the rim. I mean, he's a really rare player in that in the instance of being able to play bigger than what his size is, you know? So he has a uniqueness to him, a very, very um, unique qualities there. I would say for a guy that just immediately flashes, which is kind of funny because one, one of the popular teams in the top 10 outside of like New York giants, people talk about the Chicago bears as being maybe an option for him at some point in the top 10. And he actually kind of reminds me of DJ Moore a little bit when he was coming out of Maryland. I mean, that was the one thing about DJ was DJ could have just, rested on being super fast, explosive, and all those things. But DJ was a really good player working through contact and at the catch point. So I think stylistically, he's got a little bit there. I think some of the fantastic catch ability maybe is Odell Beckham-ish, I guess, coming out of LSU, right? But I really do think that DJ Moore, body type, play style, there's definitely similarities there in my opinion. Uh, Looking at the Saints in the upcoming NFL draft, obviously they have the number 14 pick overall currently. Uh, Where do you see this team going? There's so many spots they could go from offensive line to wide receiver to maybe uh, another defensive end. But uh, just wondering your feel, uh, where do you have this team, or who do you have this team going, at least in one of your mock drafts? Yeah, uh, one, one, uh, so my last two that I've done, I have actually have given them the exact same exact two positions that you just mentioned. One is offensive tackle, one is edge. Okay. I, I'm kind of obsessed with Amarius Mims potentially to, uh, out of Georgia just because I know that the future of Ryan Ramchek is a little bit up in the air with, you know, the injury that obviously he sustained. And, I mean, but I think Amarius Mims also could potentially swing over the left tackle. Like he has that type of athleticism and upside. But then the other guy that if he falls there, which, I, I mean, it's possible. I, I, I think that he's kind of solidified himself a little bit, at least this week, to maybe going a little bit higher than 14, is Jared Verse out of Florida State. I think that he is a, just a tremendous speed-to-power converter. He ran 4.58 this week at over 250 pounds. He had 31 reps on the bench. He was very explosive in everything that he did. So I think that he's a tremendous player that if he got to 14, I, th- I think it would be a no-brainer because, I mean, for now, he's the you know the the partner in crime with a Cameron Jordan, but you know from a stylistic and physical perspective, he actually has a little bit of parallels to Cam Jordan. So when he's gone, I think he just kind of takes over the mantle as the as the top pass rusher, if not in sometime in the near future. So I'm a big fan of Jared Verse, Marius Mims, but I would be on board with a couple of different offensive tackle options potentially there as well. Yeah, I think it's interesting because what you're talking about with Marius Mims. I- he has very little playing experience in college. I think he only yeah. played eight games, which is like kind of a big red yeah. flag. But, I mean, you said the athletic yeah. traits are there. The talent is there. Uh, and some teams obviously yeah. want to take a chance on him in the middle of the first round. Jared Verse, I really like the name as well. But a name that keeps popping up on my timeline, and I, you know, I've talked with Mike about it a bunch, is Byron Murphy from Texas, a defensive tackle. I know they went DT last year, first round with Brian Bercy. And Byron's definitely a yeah. different build. He's shorter. He's definitely got the more kind of prototypical defensive tackle build. I uh, just want to get your thoughts on him because I've heard he's also impressed in the combine. Uh, I mean, I mean, gee, he turned in one of the best performances from day one. I mean, he ran, uh, I think it was four four eight seven, and he had a thirty two inch vert, and I mean, he's been explosive throughout his testing, and then obviously when he got onto the field drills as well, I think he looked really smooth, really explosive. So he's really done himself well because he was a he was a guy that people knew about a little bit before the season, but Devondre Sweat was obviously more of the household name from a draft circle perspective, but obviously he just boomed this year, you know, eight and a half tackles for loss, five sacks, and he really started to show his upside. 
Now, you make a great point. I, I think it's, it's, it's very important to talk about is that he is a very different player than Brian Brissy. Like, they both can be attack-style players. They can both one-gap. They can both win and create penetration. But I think the difference is, is that Brian obviously is taller. He is longer. He can do a little bit more of the dirty work, you know, the stuff at the point of attack. You don't really want Byron Murphy to do that a ton because the one negative to his game is that he doesn't have great length. And if you watch him on film, like, he can lose at the point of attack sometimes when he doesn't have a great first step. He can get displaced at times. He can get dug out, you know, in double team situations. Like there are some spots that I think there are a little bit of limitations to him. But if you're just asking him to one gap, penetrate, great plays in the backfield, he is certainly a very appealing option for a team that wants to be very aggressive up front. Talking with NFL analyst Ryan Roberts here, and I'm curious your take on a guy the Saints took uh, two years ago uh, to fill that left tackle spot and just has not worked out for this team right now. Curious your scouting yep. grades on a guy like Trevor Penning. Uh, it's funny enough, man. I thought I thought <laughs> I was pretty high on Penning to start the process, and, and when I say start the process, I'm talking about like summer scouting before his final year at UNI. But I, I, I had a third-round grade on him, and I ended there. I wasn't crazy high on him. I still like him, right? Like, I still liked him then. I thought there was a lot of developmental potential. I mean, he's a, obviously got great length. He's got a great power profile. He's a smooth overall athlete. Like, all the traits are there. But, I mean, for people that watch him in Northern Iowa, it, it was great to see all the pancakes and the physicality. And you saw it at the Senior Bowl, you know, him getting into fights. And he's, a, he's obviously got a mean streak to him. But – the technique was all over the place, man. Like, he just was not a technically refined guy. And, honestly, he played out of control a lot. You know, he was a little bit over-aggressive as a player. So, I had a third-round grade on him. I was okay with taking him somewhere early day two. But I do think that he was a guy that was pushed up boards just a little bit based upon, you know, some good athletic testing and stuff. But I certainly wouldn't necessarily give up hope. But, obviously, he's, you know, the time is going to start ticking pretty quickly here if he can't get it turned around. No, we got hope for sure right now. That's for sure. But that's kind of an issue with this draft class and the tackle position is that so many of these top guys are right tackles. So, if you're going yeah. to – I mean, if you, especially in the range that they're at because Joe Alt and Olu Fashanu are going to be gone by that point. Talisa Fuaga is yep. a right tackle. And then you've got, like, guys like Tyler Guyton that I think has played on both sides, but he was mainly a right tackle. And then a little bit that's down correct. the board, you talked about Amarius Mims. And, uh, I mean – I feel like I'm forgetting something. JC Latham. JC Latham, Latham was another also, right, right yeah. tackle. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. a lot of these guys, if, if you're drafting, like, pinning is a big question mark for the Saints, but where they're picking, a lot of those guys are going to be playing on the right side unless, you know, they have some kind of plan to play them on the left. Right, right. And, and that's obviously a little bit of the, the dilemma to your point, right? Is that this is a really good offensive tackle class, but there is, it was weird, honestly. Before the season, I thought that there was, because, you know, Amarius Mims had only played three games the previous year, started down the stretch of right tackle. J.C. Latham was also the starting right tackle for the Alabama Crimson Tide. And, but, like, Alabama had done this – actually, both teams had done this in, in, over the last few years where they have a really talented left tackle. So there's a right tackle that's going to play that's the left tackle in waiting, and usually they kind of flip those guys over to left tackle during right. the last year. And I was, I was expecting Mims and Latham to both have kind of that trajectory – so I do think – I don't think Latham's a left tackle in the next level. I do think that Mims could play left tackle in the next level. But to your point, it is a massive projection. Like, I, Talisi Fulaga, I, I love Fulaga, but Fulaga is a right tackle only. He's not a left tackle in the next level, in my opinion. So you're definitely going to have to consider that because there's not – there's a couple really talented offensive tackles that are right tackle only. They're not guys that have that type of flexibility.
And then the last guy I wanted to ask you about here, Ryan, is a guy that I've seen go anywhere as high from pick five to in the mid-teens, and I think it's a positional value pick. That's why it's so kind of up in the air. George's Brock Bowers, who, you know, once yeah. again, I've seen a couple times if he falls past the Saints at pick 14, like I don't know if the Saints don't take him. Uh, I've seen him go as far down as like 16 to the Seahawks, which I think would be great value because he's basically a consensus top 10 prospect. It's just do you spend a top yeah. 10 pick on a tight end? And if you're the Saints and you see a guy like Brock Bowers that, once again, best player available on the board and he's there at pick 14, it's hard to say no to not take him, right? Yes, I would agree. I mean, Brock Bowers for me is a top three overall player in this class, regardless of position, regardless of positional value kind of attached to it as well. I I think he's tremendous, man. And I think he checked the box today that was very important was some people were like terrified after seeing him next to Rob Gronkowski during Super Bowl week that he was going to come in and be like 230 pounds. Like they were terrified of it. He came in, he was over 240 pounds. He was over six foot three. His length was good. I think he had near 78 inch wingspan, which is a very solid number for a tight end. So he alleviated, I think, a little bit of the concern over the size, which is a great point. And I also, I don't see him falling. I really don't. I, I, I think there's guys every year that are just kind of like, it's, it's an easy evaluation. And Brock Bauer is an easy evaluation, in my opinion. Like, he is a very gifted athlete, can win after the catch, can high point the football, can run routes. And even in the run game, although you would think that he isn't a very good blocker, he's actually pretty solid. Like, he's not ever going to be a, you know, he's not going to be George Kittle out there, right, as a blocker. He's not going to just destroy people consistently. But he is a good blocker, especially for his size. So, if he is there at 14, I would jump on it. Like, I wouldn't even hesitate on it because that means, in my opinion, you're getting a top three overall player in this class at pick 14, which is obviously tremendous value. NFL Draft Analyst Ryan Roberts, thank you for taking the time to share your knowledge, my man. Absolutely, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.